Good afternoon and welcome to NUFC Matters. Slightly earlier one today, got a couple of other things there. Uh, me and Ian are both going to be doing. So, uh, good afternoon, to Ian Moons. How are you? I'm not bad, Steve. How's yourself? You okay? Yeah, good. Did you have a nice uh, trip away, Ian? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, cold and wet, but basically what we went for was a few days just to get away and do some walking, which we did. And we got some uh, lovely walking up in um, the Central Highlands in Scotland. Yeah. Just we're three or four days away. Good, nice to get away. It's uh, it's always good. As always, we'll be talking about Newcastle United. But Chris Cooper's got in early with a, a question, which which is obviously because you're an MP, he's, he's he's looking for a bit of advice. He says, "Do you think another national lockdown will serve the country well, Ian, or is it just delaying the inevitable because this time will hurt people a lot more than last time? For example, no furlough. I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting time we're living in. Um, you know, I do you know I, I watch different different media for for news updates and. Uh, it depends which channel you watch um but obviously we've all got our own opinions about how things should be done but it's it seems as if we've gone into this again a little bit too late um scotland wales ireland all following completely different routes we just sit back wait see what everybody else does and then seem to go with it a little bit too late and it looks like we're going to go into another month's lockdown well i you know i, I think that the whack-a-mole strategy you know you know try to uh cut down on on local infection rates just has totally obviously failed uh, the fact that the, the the northeast seven local authorities northumberland durham and tain and weir went went voluntarily into tier two seems to have had an impact and what's what's happened now is because the tees valley resisted doing that they're now overtaking us and they look likely to be going into tier three anyway uh, until this national lockdown strategy um, comes about. But, I mean, I think it's quite clear that they were advised in September for a, what was going to be described as a circuit break back then. They didn't do that. They went for the whack-a-mole strategy, and now it looks like we're going to have to have a lockdown of sorts for about a month. And it looks like um, everybody else suffers in order to keep schools, colleges, and universities open. Now, I, I, you know, I, I think I understand the, the, the thinking behind that strategy because they don't want any more damage to be done to children's education. But it, it, it's quite clear that hospitality is not the problem. Um, you know, we think it's anything between one and four percent of all new cases probably stem from a hospitality setting. But it could be in as much as 50 percent of the total or more come from education establishments. And then back into families because children, unfortunately, can quite often be completely asymptomatic and um, uh, pass it to each other and then back into families, you know. Yeah, and Liam makes a point, don't know what the MP thinks, but lockdown won't achieve anything because once we go into lockdown, the cases will drop and then we'll come out of lockdown and then the cases will rise again. A lot of people have got the same opinion. A lot of people are sick of this. And um, let's hope really and the the one thing that they do uh, get sorted out if we're going to have another month's lockdown is test and trace and, and all of that because ultimately that's the thing that's completely you know messed things up i think uh well I, well i think it's there's no doubt about that steve um i i'm getting reported to me as casework people who are saying that they have been informed by close contacts via work or whatever that they have been tested positive and then the, the details have been passed on to the to the national system, then they don't hear a damn thing. So if, 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 that, if, if that's if that's happening, that means people who've been in direct uh, contact with people who've tested positive um, are then not being notified by the test and trace, even though the test and trace have got their details. Well, that just shows you that's a system that patently, obviously, is not working. And I'm and I'm afraid to say I've, I've crossed notes with colleagues around the region who are all telling me the same thing yep uh barry barry's asking if there's any news on the progress of a vaccine i doubt it Ian. um it you know it usually takes six or seven years doesn't it for a vaccine and any vaccine that comes along it's only going to be short-term fixed by the sounds of it well un un unfortunately it, it looks like um the antibody resistance to to the to the disease is relatively short-lived and so we don't know yet even if a vaccine is perfected whether yeah. the antibody resistance that a vaccine gives you will be short-lived as well you know let, let's hope not 
that, that, that can develop something which uh, keeps that antibody resistance going for a prolonged space of time. I mean, you know, people get flu flu in vaccination uh, vaccinations um, every year, you know, because the strains alter slightly, etc. So, yeah. you know, it might have to become an annual event if if we can get a vaccine. Let let's hope that what we're being told and uh, that the great white hope of a, a vaccine uh, is due, but we'll see. Yeah, loads of opinions coming in on this. It could, could end up as a COVID special. If we did what Korea did by not letting anyone in or out the country, we wouldn't be in this mess, says Liam. And Eric says the government messed up by telling people it was okay to holiday abroad this year. That's what well, caused the latest increase. And, and of course, the eat out, the help out in August, um, as I think there was a study done by Warwick University, showed that probably 17 to 20% of all new infections in August were as a direct result of that. Because at that stage, the hospitality industry didn't have the um, the, the, the things taped up as well as the, the, the do now. Julie Baker says, uh, wait, Trump's got a vaccine sorted. It's here soon. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be interesting. From a final thing on politics before we move to Newcastle. That's, <laughs> it is always fascinating watching that US election, isn't it? I mean, it's even more so with Donald Trump being involved. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm a, I, the, the American electoral system uh, is, I think, a puzzle to an awful lot of people with the, the, the states being part of an electoral college. And, you know, as we saw in 2016, Hillary Clinton, I think, won the popular vote by two to three million votes, but yet lost the election because of the yep. way in which the electoral college votes stack up where the states have to... Yeah, sort of con uh, amalgamate that, that that votes and and then the electoral college votes go to whichever candidate. So um, that that's that's uh, that, that's interesting. We'll, we'll see. I mean, there's there's all sorts of stuff taking place in America. Early voting apparently has gone through the roof by comparison. Postal voting's gone through the roof, and of course, um, uh, Donald Trump it's, appears to fear that, and therefore is trying to discredit the whole. Um, process of postal voting, despite the fact numerous studies have actually shown that there's very little, if any, electoral fraud, fraud as a direct result of postal voting. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thanks. That we might ever we might want to do a politics special, Ian, because me and you can talk till the cows come home. And uh, you you never you never shirk a question, unlike some of these people I see on television getting interviewed by all these people. And uh, you never know, it might be something we can look at. James, James, I'll tell you what I think, Steve. That's I'll tell you well, what I think. Yeah, but you're you're an honest politician, mate, and there's not many about. James Brown <laughs> says, uh, "Why is Money Mike actually being kicked off Twitter? He hasn't been kicked off Twitter." Um, we had a full discussion on this last night on the Three Amigos, so give that a watch uh it's right at the start uh around about 10 minutes into the program we speak for about 10 15 minutes on it mitch tells you mitch knows these people um unfortunately mitch has uh, had a horrendous time on twitter the last 48 hours got trolled a lot for uh for speaking his mind about something and um you know i just think you know it's, it's been a it's been a bad week on twitter for a lot of newcastle fans and i think people should all just be nice to each other because uh we don't need to be we don't need to be that uh, aggressive towards people. We're all supporting the same team. We all want the same thing. We can all have opinions, but if you're going to give somebody your opinion, please, you know, try and be nice about it. As uh, it costs, it costs no to be nice, Steve. And and and, and the point is, you know, I, I mean, me dad, who's been dead for you know, two decades now, unfortunately, but he used to say to me, if you kind of do somebody a good to them, do them a button. Uh, exactly, that's a great way of looking at life. Barry Hogan says, thanks Ian, this is the only place I feel connected to Parliament. Well, that's really yeah. nice. That's a glowing endorsement for you, that. Um, we'll you, come can, back to you can watch yeah. us on Parliament TV, you know, There's, there is actually a parliamentary um, website channel. Right. And, you know, and, and so you'll see me in the Education Select Committee on a Tuesday morning or on a Wednesday morning. And quite often not, the BBC Parliament TV, you'll catch sight of me there occasionally as well. So they are available. So, <laughs> so but, uh, you know, just uh, an advert for, for Parliament TV, if you like. Nathan says he's disappointed no one came dressed up as Luke Edwards. Yeah, I'm not getting sucked, I'm not getting sucked into all of that stuff. Uh, let them get on with it. And, um, you know, I, I don't need to lower myself to other people's standards. Russell Johnson says, Steve, Ian, will they suspend football again? Will they suspend football again? I, I, I don't really see why they would need to. You know, the, 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 the top clubs seem to have been quite successful in terms of keeping that, that, that players, that coaching staff, in this sort of uh, sanitised bubble, so that can carry on. I would, I would guess, and and of course, you know, 
it, all I think it does is it puts into the distance any chance of fans returning to football uh, again. But, you know, televised football seems to be uh, working. I, I just hope that the uh, Premier League, I think, who are meeting, I, I believe, on Monday, um, actually do decide to put pay-per-view um, uh, to bed. It, it needs putting to bed. I spoke, I've spoken to a lot of people, Ian, and I think, um, you know, genuine football fans like us and, you know, a lot of people are just sick. It's, it's almost now to the point, I think because we can't go to the match and not, okay. and not watch the game and because you know, there's lots of games on TV, it's now becoming like overkill. So, oh. you know, because you're actually stuck in the house on a Sunday, for example, there's three games on now and it, and it feels and then there's, there's there's games on a Saturday, there's games on a Friday and it's like, oh, my God, it's just too much football. You know, and I, people are getting people are getting sick of watching it in the house, um, I, but it's not, that's not going to change anytime soon. We'll talk about the pay per view because you mentioned it. Um, yeah, Mike Ashley came out, didn't he, when you were away and I, basically spoke out against the Premier League, which uh, Mike Ashley's Robin Hood. Mike Ashley's yeah. Robin Hood, isn't he? You know, I, I mean, it's it's the he's must have had some sort of Damascene conversion. Old Mike Ashley in in terms of well, the thing is, you see. I think Mike Ashley's in the difficult position that Newcastle were one of the clubs where fans' contributions towards their season tickets were still... Oh, there he is, he lovely lad. Fans' contributions towards their season tickets were still being taken. And, of yeah. course, we've now had the announcement that the first five-game tranche is to be refunded. Uh, uh, but, you know, they're still taking the payments for the season tickets. And, and of course, you see, Mike, Mike Ashley, I think, was um, aware of the criticism that... By paying for pay for view, um, fans were actually paying to watch the same game twice because they weren't allowed to go to the game, but but ha haven't had that season ticket money taken from them. So I, I think with that in mind, he's then come out and says, "Oh, we should stop the pay pay per view." Um, I, I mean, I, look, I don't think anybody should be um suggesting that pay per per view. Um, should be outlawed or, or anything completely, but it was the level as well, fifteen quid. You know, on, on and that's on top of people having paid for their season tickets. You see, I didn't mind paying the ten quid to the English Football League for the sort of um, coverage of the Carabao Cup games because yeah, I, I thought, but well, well, you know, because I thought, well, at least it's going to clubs who actually need the money. Until you saw how the money was being distributed, and um, with it within that, I mean, the clubs who were, you know, like the, the likes of Morecambe and Newport weren't getting all the money from the Newcastle fans tuning in to watch that game. It was being distributed by some sort of uh, uh, quaint me methodology within the foot within the football league itself. Uh, so, you know, I kind of didn't, I, I, you know, in principle, didn't mind paying a tenner to watch those games because it seemed to be me that it was going to clubs that needed. But certainly not, the Premier League clubs don't need the money, frankly. They, they, they literally don't. They just need to organise the way in which they use their money um, in, in a much more rational way. And of course, with uh, you know mixing things up, but the operation big picture shows you that some clubs, the greed of some clubs, knows no bounds. Yeah, John Justice Allen from QTechShop.co.uk says Mike Ashley jumping through hoops to try and reach the three hundred and forty million pound carrot on a string. Yeah, pretty pretty sure that is the case. Uh, Tom Lynch uh, says and ties in with what you were just saying. Do you think the Premier League did nothing about the takeover because they knew about Project Big Picture and it upset the apple cart? Yeah, lots of lots of different things coming out this week in the media and it's like right. a big it's like it's like drawing a jigsaw on the ground and we, we seem to be getting closer to making the bigger picture, Ian, with everything that seems to be getting, you know, either leaked well, out or coming out. It, it, it does appear, though, that the Premier League were very, very unhappy about Operation Big Picture and about the role of the big six clubs. Um, now, whether that means that everybody within the Premier League um, ha had that uh, thought or, or that train of, train of thought or not is a, is a different matter. But it does seem as though the bulk of the Premier League were unhappy and are continuing to be unhappy about the role of the big six. And, you know, with the all-party parliamentary group for football supporters, we are this week writing to Oliver Dowden and to the Prime Minister because in the... Um, Conservative Party's uh, manifesto before the last election was the commitment towards a fan-led review of the governance of football. So, you know, we're, we're, we're at the moment writing, uh, going to write uh, Oliver Dowden, the uh, Secretary of State for DCMS, and the Prime Minister to say, look, we now think that these hairs are running 
um, it's really important that you bring that forward as a matter of urgency because it's not going to go away. It looks like the big clubs in the Premier League, Premier League are using uh, COVID-19 as a, a, as a smokescreen. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, been a very interesting week, as I say, with um, with you know Mike Ashley's revelations and um, you know various other things that have come out in in the media, and we'll we'll watch with interest as um, the fans uh, attempts at taking legal action against the Premier League develops as well, and that's been a a big big story this week. Ian, what did you make of that? Well, uh, I, I think I think it's really quite interesting and. Um, I, I hope that it wakes people up to, to what's actually been going on um, with, with regards to the Premier League. I mean, while the the big six clubs apparently have got no direct influence on the decision making, I'm quite sure that the big six clubs who were hatching the, the Operation Big Picture plot would have been very, very unhappy at another big financial player moving in to take over a, a premiership club. That wouldn't have been in their interests in terms of them uh, keeping that cartel together. I mean, it's quite clear that what, what they want to do is, is they want a much bigger share of um, uh, not just the Premier League revenue, but also um, European television revenue as well. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, for me, the, the people involved have had a lot of criticism on social media, Ian, and I don't know how much time you've had to see that and watch it, but because of the connection with War Fund, which, of course, wasn't, you know, supported by, you know, uh, you know the majority of fans, um, they've been shot down in flames a little bit. But mm -hmm. when you see the QC that's involved with them, then this has definitely got legs. And I think, add, add to that, Mike Ashley's, support of these guys because it's potentially a quicker way of getting this challenge done against the Premier League. It all seems to make sense and um, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Ashley's actually paying for this. Well, it, 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 that that might be the case. I, I mean, it's quite clear Mike Ashley would like to exit Newcastle United, but he won't exit Newcastle United at any price. And what he had was a bid on the table which met his asking price. Um, you know, but as I've said on numerous occasions, um, you know, the, the, the value of an asset is only what someone else is willing to pay for it. You know, you, you can put all the all the personal values on on an item that you like. But if somebody else is not willing to, to, to match that value, well, that's, you know, not, not, not going to stack up in terms of what the value of the asset is. And, you know, in the small print on an awful lot of um, financial sort of services ads, it tells you that the value of your assets can go down as well as up. And I don't really know what Mike Ashley's done in the last 10, 12, 13 years to add value to the Newcastle United brand uh, it, with his uh, stewardship of the club. Yep. Uh, Barry Hogan's asking if this is the Dunstan shirt. Yep. It's last season's Dunstan van and truck hire. Um, unfortunately, Dunstan's home game again was off today. A player tested positive from Osset, so the game couldn't go ahead. And mm. we're supposed to be playing Runcorn away on Tuesday. And that game's now off because the floodlights are knackered. So we're not getting much. Do they still play at Canal Street? Uh, Dunstan. No, no. Runcorn. Runcorn, yes. Oh, yes, they do. Still play at the same ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. did they? Oh, God, what a dump. <laughs> they're, in the they're in the National League with us now. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's, in it's interesting times. We're playing some really well-established teams, Dunstan, but we're holding our own. We're top of the league this year. So, let's hope this season gets finished unlike last year. Uh, oh, yeah. James, go on. I just, I, I just, I went to run corner a few times with Gateshead back in the sort of nineties, you know, in in the early two thousands. I because he used to go a lot of Gateshead games then, and uh, I, I mean, we all, I was quite was quite friendly place run corn, you know, as long as you had somebody keeping an eye an eye on your car. <laughs> yeah, James Brown says, lads, what is your opinion about the Burnley takeover? Because surely it's wrong and should have been rejected if it's not fit for an AFL club. I mean, yeah, that that's the other big news this week. Burnley takeover. Um, yeah. I know I know very little about the people involved. However, it does seem as if there should be more question marks, um, you know, about these people. Uh, well, I, I gather one of them was suspended um, from from uh, being a, a football club director, but but it was a temporary suspension. Um, but I mean, you know, surely um, I, I think this should be looked at rigorously, and I think it should take at least seventeen weeks. 
yeah, it's it's just, well, it should do because ours <laughs> did. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's just strange, isn't it? Though that the other takeovers can just seem to sail through, and ours didn't. And as I said to you before, it's all like pieces of the jigsaw adding together. Um, yeah. The reason that ours was stopped seems to be something to do with this big picture, you know, because Newcastle coming in with with the Saudis' money um, would be one of the, if not the richest team in the Premier League, and and it would just it it wouldn't fit into their plans that they had for the big picture. Yeah, but it it was also this issue of state ownership as well of the of the public investment fund, you know, and and um, I I understand that uh, you know the, the 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 questions being asked of the consortium. Um, what you know, what what really directly looking at state ownership, the, the Saudi um, public investment fund. So um, I think that was the stumbling block, frankly. But we'll see, we'll see. It'll, it'll come out eventually, Steve. Martin says, "Afternoon, lads. Off politics and sport for a moment. The sad passing of Sir Sean Connery. Can I ask Ian who is his best Bond? Oh, Sean Connery. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm afraid to say I'm. I'm not a. I was never a sort of George Lazenby, Timothy Dalton, Piers Brosnan, Roger Moore fan. I, I think that Daniel Craig has been very good uh, by comparison to some of those others. Uh, I didn't like David Niven uh, as a, as a James Bond character, in, ah. in, and just couldn't see it. But I think Sean Connery kind of made the role his own. And, I mean, I was it, brought up. I was brought up in the Roger Moore era, of course. So you know, um, the, the old eyebrow man. Mm, is that it? Mm. Is that it? No. Um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I mean, for me, for me, Roger Moore was the, the Bond I was brought up with. I can see, I can see why a lot of people like Sean Connery. Um, but yeah, it's all down. To, I suppose it's down to the era you're born in. Like, I'm, I'm absolutely. But I, but I actually think that Sean Connery in his role as Bond. Had a bit more steel about him than than than, than Roger Moore have ever brought to the role, and I and I think that made him more convincing from my perspective. But look, I'm not a bloody film critic, for goodness' sake, you know. <laughs> no, no, neither am I. Uh, we'll we'll move on. But thanks for uh, the, that, Martin. The, the one thing is, it it would it would appear like the Scottish national national party will be a bit poorer after his passing. Though. Ah, you're right there. You're right. Uh, Liam says, thoughts on the Premier League about let the people who were involved in the Bury liquidation take over. Burnley, to me, approves the Premier League are the only only looking after the top six. We've covered that, Liam. Yeah. Chris Cooper says, how did the PSG owner get away with what he did? Uh, corruption even deeper than we think. Yeah, that's another big story this week. Yeah, well, but the Premier League don't uh, run uh, League One in France, do they? That's the thing, like... Well, yeah, fair point, fair point. Mm -hmm. Just John says, a lot of the stuff that came out from the so-called Big Six in Premier League won't encourage the genuine fans of football to fill their coffers. Not surprised fans feel sick of football at the moment. Good point, John. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think also, by the way, you know, who would have thought, say, 20 years ago, that Manchester United and Liverpool would be the two clubs leading this? You know, you, co you couldn't imagine them working in partnership 20, 30 years ago. But, of course, it's it's the influence of American owners as well uh, at those two football clubs, which have been leading the charge. And, th and they are trying to sort of Americanise um, the, the sport franchise-type model of, of, of British Premier English Premiership football. Yep. Lee Taylor says, see Newcastle are going to have the same kit manufacturers as Rangers. Wonder what the take is about this, considering Ashley's relationship with Rangers. Yeah. Did you see that yesterday? The uh, the new... The new um, yeah, so, so Liverpool-based company who deny any involvement of Mike Ashley uh, in terms of being a sort of um, angel investor. Um, and, and what they're saying is that it's... Um, the, the main investment comes from wealthy um, Liverpoolians, well, that would tend to lead you towards uh, the Littlewoods people, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was a strange one to see. Um, Rangers fans have commented on this, a lot of Newcastle fans asking Rangers fans what the strip's like. A lot of people saying it looks good, but it's quite chatty, is uh, what they've said. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting, interesting to hear that. Uh, interesting right. to hear their opinions. Tom Lynch says, I've heard rumours that Anton Deck have been involved in paying for this QC. Who knows? You never know. It could be possible. Uh, they've certainly been very, uh, you know, very kind with retweets towards Liam Kennedy this week. So uh, there could be some possible truth in that, but it hasn't been confirmed. 
Is it, is it QC? It was also brand of sherry, though, wasn't it? So it might, it might, it might be that, you know. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Possibly, possibly, possibly. Chris Kuba says COVID's cost millions off the price unless this takeover happens. He's not going to get anywhere near what they were offering. Very true, Chris. And yeah, I mean, COVID has affected everybody, and it certainly will affect you know the price of football clubs. And I, I think what we're going to see over the next few months, Ian, is 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 certain clubs going out of business i think somebody touched on it in the comments earlier that uh you know sunderland could be one of them and the rumors that keep circulating that sunderland sunderland are teetering on the brink well you know we had an all-party parliamentary group um with a guy called kieran Maguire, who's from one of the one of the liverpool universities and who does like sort of analytics and does a podcast as well about football finance and it's quite clear that um, AFL clubs are in desperate straits. And the, 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 the title of our meeting was the mass extinction event. So it's not just the planet. It could be football clubs in the English uh, English Football League first yeah, coming a cropper, you know. Yeah, Jonathan Young says, uh, would be great to see Hayden and Sean Longstaff in the middle of the park tomorrow. Hendrick's been a passenger the last few games. Yeah, it was one of the uh, subjects uh, we're going to look at. So let's let's talk about the, the midfield situation. Shelby obviously still out for about three to four weeks. Uh, gives Steve Bruce the option of, you know, trying something new in the middle. Um, yeah. I, asked, I asked the three amigos, well, the two amigos and me last night were talking about it. And we uh, looked at, um, you know, their, their ideas. Malcolm had suggested playing Murphy in the middle. Um, after his recently good uh, displays, but um, most of the lads seem to want to see Sean Longstaff get an opportunity alongside Hayden, and of course that's a partnership that's worked before. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think regarding Hendrick, he, he does actually look a bit pedestrian. Uh, I mean, maybe he's been played out out of position, but he, but he, he he does look um a bit leaden footed by comparison, and therefore we might might need to see that change because there's no doubt about it. I think Everton will prove a much tougher test for us than Wolves Wolves did last week. And Wolves aren't a bad side. And you know, it was a good it was a, it was a good a good point for, for Newcastle away at Molyneux last week. But um I, I think that, that Everton will overcome that blip at Southampton and will prove a much tougher test for us tomorrow. And you know and I, I think it's quite clear that the back four need greater protection from the pace and Gale that Everton will offer tomorrow as well. Who would you play in the midfield, Ian? Well, I, I think that I, I think I would certainly go with, with Hayden as a holding player, and and you know maybe he's Hayden and Murphy, or you know possibly Sean Longstaff. But I mean, Sean Longstaff, I think Sean Longstaff hasn't really um, sparkled this season yet. Maybe he needs an opportunity to do so, but. Would he need to be eased in on in 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 a, in, a, in a couple of easier games, but then playing playing aside, we've got the form of Everton in the moment. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game. Uh, but we'll look at that towards the end of the program. Liam says PSG are state owned. Same with Man City. So why can't we be state owned? Plus, well, they still do slavery in Qatar, exactly where the World Cup has been held. Yeah, well, how did that decision get made in the first place? And 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 the the safety record in terms of the construction of the stadia in in uh, Qatar was nothing short of disgraceful. Now they they came under a lot of international scrutiny and cleaned up their act, but not before many many overseas workers had lost their lives in the construction of the stadia in, in Qatar. Okay, Alan D says, Ian, the government, the UK government have over 65 billion of future investments in the coming years, apparently with the Saudis. Why can the Premier League knock it back? Uh, well, it was quite clear that Oliver Dowden didn't want to get involved in terms of preventing um, the, the Newcastle United takeover by um, the Amanda Staveley uh, consortium, which in, involved the Saudi Arabian uh, PIF. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's it's quite clear that the government will probably be not happy with the fact that the Premier League blocked the um, the the the, the, the uh, takeover. But you know, they haven't done anything about it. I don't think they will intervene either one way or another. No, I mean, you know, I don't think we've ever discussed this from your perspective. Would you like to see it go through? You know, as a Newcastle fan, as a, as a Geordie, and the, the takeover. 
I, I always try to sort of remain neutral about it because obviously, you know, while I'm desperate to get rid of Mike Ashley, uh, yeah. you know, there is a significant question mark over the, the morals and eth ethics of the of the Saudi Arabian government. And, you know, yeah. it's been classified as sports washing in terms of, you know, investing in, in sports clubs in order to sort of, you know, uh, have a, yeah. a, a more positive image internationally. Um, so I've, I've always kind of stayed neutral on that, but, you know, if you can read in between the lines, Steve, I'd be delighted if Mike, Mike Ashley was no longer the owner. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. Good good, uh, good way of answering it. Uh, what everyone in this country forget is we trade weapons with Saudi Arabia, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, look, no, we it's, don't it, trade weapons. We, 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 we sell them weapons and they give us lots of money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's um, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. It's a political minefield, but it's frustrating yeah. because it's our club and we love it. Uh, Graham Townsley says, got to be careful when we're allowed back, uh, how to take games forward. Very important that they start to think of fans and protect the game we love. However, I doubt it and being interested in fans backlash. Yeah, he's talking about obviously fans going back to the to the ground. Um, yeah. It was interesting last week when you were away. We um, we we saw uh, a thousand people allowed into a cinema to go and watch new uh, watch West Ham play. Uh, mm -hmm. We also saw Norwich involve uh, fans at the games at Carroll Road by allowing them to go into the executive boxes. Uh, right. and pay to sit and watch the games on television whilst the pitch was uh, covered by a partition. Um, <laughs> strange, strange to see, you know, different people taking um, different different courses of action. Um, I, I'm sure I wouldn't want to go and watch a TV in the executive box at the ground knowing that the match was just happening over there. I mean, it, it's no. just ludicrous. But, um, yeah. but yeah, Graham's right, isn't he? We do have to be careful. But I think what a lot of people were annoyed about last week was, Ian, that you know how, and then David Moyes wasn't very happy either. He said, "Why on earth are we having a thousand supporters sitting in the cinema watching our game? What is the difference between them sitting in the cinema and sitting in, you know, a thousand sitting in that stand, a thousand sitting in that stand, you know, and so on and so forth?" Yeah, well, absolutely, and it, it does seem as though you know, um, there's a there's a few things about this whole aspect. I mean, why is it that football has been picked out as the only industry? where it's meant to sort of sort out its own financial future. In other words, the Premiership supporting the rest of the AFL. And it's only at National League level and below that there's been some support from the, from the government. I mean, for instance, theatre hasn't been asked to do that. You know, they haven't said the sort of MGM Studios or 20, 20th Century Fox, or you must um, donate your profits to um, support theatres. And, well, that hasn't happened, you know. So why is football being picked out from that perspective? Hasn't happened to rugby, cricket, or any other major sport. That's that's one thing. And then, what's actually happening is people are using the rules as they currently stand in order to do what they can get away with. So therefore, if if a cinema can sell sell, sell a thousand tickets and get a beam back for for West Ham fans, that's that's entirely within the rules. But it does then beg the question. If that's within the rules, why can't you have fans sitting in open air stadia, socially distanced, and all the rest of it? And and I think you know they've they've been talking about what the capacities of the grounds would be. Normally, it's it's down to about a fifth or a quarter. And, and I suppose that's then a question of you know if you've got like forty thousand season ticket holders, who gets to go and see the games? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a problem for the future, that one. Nicholas says, uh, afternoon, lads. Has there been any news over the Amanda Staveley court case? I mean, that, it's all finished now, isn't it, Ian? And now it's just a case of, you know, a verdict coming. And, and we don't expect it here, I don't think, until maybe the new year on that. I think it, it, it's just tied up in the tied up in the courts. But I'm, I'm not expecting anything imminently. I, I, sooner the better, though. So I hope I'm proved wrong. Uh, Chris Cooper says, why are we so incapable of keeping the ball? Are they professionals or not? Yeah, Newcastle's uh, uh, Bruce Ball really, uh, you know, hasn't gone down well with fans, as we'd expect. And I suppose, you know, that, you know, not being able to keep the ball is one thing, but I think it's it's how, how we allow teams to come and attack. And looking back at the Wolves game last week, you say valuable point it gained. But when you look at how we gained it, it was more by luck than uh, by skill that we, we managed to obtain a point. And, you know, to be honest, we just sat back down there, waited and waited until we went a goal behind. We had an attacking lineup on the pitch, but then, you know, we didn't attack until we went a goal down. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think somebody mentioned on uh, soccer, soccer Saturday today, you know, on on uh, on Sky that Newcastle have got a great strike rate ratio and you know goals to shots ratio, but the trouble is it's just so few shots, and 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 uh, that really is kind of uh, worrying. And of course, I what we saw in Steve Bruce's interview during during the week there when he was actually talking about well, you know, if you want to sort of entertain us, that's not going to happen. Well. What sort of ambitions that to come from the manager? He's actually basically saying, "Is this is what you're going to get, lads? You know, this is what you're going to get." Yeah, uh, full-time score at Sheffield United and uh, Manchester City won uh, by one goal to nil. Kyle Walker on his yeah, return I, to the club where he started, uh, absolutely for my Sheffield United player, getting the only goal of the game in that uh, in that one. So uh, Sheffield United still struggling a little bit uh, this season. John, just yeah. as Alan says, Hayden and Longstaff's the sensible option, so we can rule that out. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Not very confident in Steve Bruce. Uh, the hierarchy are saying they are pleased with how Bruce has been doing. That's a laugh. Yeah, it's, uh, a lot of people do seem to be coming out in defence of Steve Bruce, but Chris Sutton last weekend certainly give him the lick. We wouldn't give him the lickings of a dog and uh, he said the football's awful to watch and he doesn't know what Steve Bruce is doing well that's entirely right and and you know I, I'm afraid to say it isn't it isn't pretty and 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 therefore you know it's almost tempting not to watch frankly you, you know it's almost like I'm kind of tempted on occasions to actually tape the match and when I see the result, I might then go back and watch it, you know. <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 it isn't pretty to watch. And, you know, it's like, it's like watching like a practice match of attack versus defence. The only trouble is our clubs, the defenders. Yeah, uh, Liam, I'd feel more safer in a football stadium than in a cinema, just making a point on what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Matty Kelly says, away from NUFC for a second, Steve. South Shields Football Club is just behind my house and I always hear cheering. Are people going there? Yes, because the lower leagues, Matty, are allowed to have a certain percentage of supporters in their ground. So they it's, go off a percentage of their attendance. I think, are they not allowed? Is it not a maximum of 150, Steve? Uh, I think so. Well, it's based on your it's based on your actual ground your, your ground attendance, and I think it's a percentage Aye. of that. I'm not sure whether it's thirty percent. Um, uh, you know, don't don't uh, shoot this down if I'm wrong, but I think it's around about thirty percent of the ground. Aye. So I just I just know, seem to remember that when when the local authorities up here went into tier two, that a, a maximum of 150 was talked about, but I might have got that wrong. Yeah, uh, Jason Carter, good afternoon. He says, Stephen Ian early today caught me off guard. I hope you're both well. He says, Steve Bruce has admitted that the players are missing playing in front of the fans. I'm not sure if the feeling is mutual. Uh, <laughs> I, bet I, bet, yeah. I bet Steve Bruce isn't missing playing in front of fans. I mean, last week as well, there was a Freudian slip from Steve Bruce's interviews. I, I mean, I do tend to switch off when he comes on and then just read read what he says because it does grind on us when he when he does his media interviews. But um, he did come out last week and basically say that he was leaving. Uh, he wouldn't be here for much longer. Right. I, I, I had missed that, like. So, uh, it was on Sky. Well, it was a three-minute interview and it was uh, just a little segment where he just said, ah, well, I, 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 well, I won't be here for much longer. And then and then he started uh, and then moved on. So it was a, it was a strange one, you know. Straight, strange. Uh-huh. It was definitely a Freudian slip, whether it was a deliberate one or whether it was accidental, who knows. But uh, it certainly got Twitter excited for 24 well, hours. Well, he, he might have got an offer from a big club. <laughs> God, God. Well, of course, it's of course it's ten years to the day since uh, Steve Bruce had one of his greatest results in football, and that was uh, Newcastle United five, Sunderland one. Uh, yeah. the big, the big Halloween special with Kevin Nolan getting a hat trick. We touched on that on the Three Amigos last uh, night. Yeah, those were the days, weren't they? Huh? Yeah, uh, Alan D just once said, "If I, if I've got it, mate, I'll stick it up just to you know. We don't say we don't keep the fans happy. There you go." Stick the picture up on your Twitter account of the pie that looks like Steve Bruce. I've been looking for it on the internet. There it is. I will st- I'll stick it back up. I'll stick it back up on Twitter later on, mate. Afternoon, gents. The more I hear from Bruce, the more I hate him. Now he's having a go at fans who criticise him. The bloke will never win me over. He is crap. Well, that's uh, <laughs> no holds barred there from Stu. Um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he is basically saying he hasn't got time to read uh, social media, and um, he, he's, he's basically saying he's never really heard anyone have a pop at him. No one's had a pop at him while he's been here. But it's because there's no fans in the ground. No, that's right. And and you know, and, and of course, you know, when you get to St. James's Park, the fans can't get anywhere near the ground because it's all fenced off. Um, so you know, he's not gonna hear anybody criticize him. And, and as I say, maybe it's the players are missing the fans, but I'm I'm sure he isn't though. 
No, John B, thank you very much, mate. We're all well, and he wishes Bruce would hurry up and leave. Liam just says, if takeover happens, who would you like as manager? I want Pochettino. I, I mean, we've talked about this a few times in the past, but we haven't talked about it recently. I, I, you know, has your opinion changed? I mean, you know, would you like to see Pochettino at Newcastle? Um, I'm, 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 I'm not convinced by him. You know. Um, I, I think he obviously did well at Southampton and, 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 and reasonably well in the early earlier years at Tottenham, but he wasn't good enough for Tottenham, was he? And therefore, sure. from that perspective, you know, is he therefore good enough for us? If we if 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 the takeover happens and we have an injection of, of cash and we can actually spend money that the club is generating on on new players, because the club is generate or, or could generate more money. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know. We, would we be confident that he would be the the, the one? And and I think you know you've 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 got to look at. I think some of the the the, the managers. I mean, look at Bielsa. I mean, I think he's done a great job, and it, it's quite clear that um the the other managers really rate him. And you know, and and I'm I'm not convinced by Pochettino. That, look, it might be interesting, um, but I'm not convinced he would bring us success. But having said that, who has? Are you surprised that he hasn't took a job? Do you think? Do you think there's something in this? You know that he's possibly on a retainer to wait and see if this takeover goes through. I'd be flabbergasted, frankly, flabbergasted. I, I think he may just be having a, a year out. You, you think? Know, well, well, why not? Why not? You know, it's not, it's not as if he's going to be struggling for money. No, no, I, I don't. I don't think he's waiting for his uh, universal credit payment, like. <laughs> it would be a surprise it would be a surprise if he was um, Tom Lynch says you've got to stick the FIFA picture of Bruce up now after <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> that's F, that's the latest FIFA game um, and that's that's what they've got Steve Bruce down it looks as if he's had some hidings there by the way <laughs> uh, he certainly doesn't look like he's uh, he certainly doesn't look like Steve Bruce that's for uh, he, he, he looks he's look, he's been doing some upper body work as well I think hasn't he Steve definitely he looks like he's been in Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5 all at the same time uh, uh, John, as a punch bag as a punch bag <laughs> John Poole says Ian important question Thatcher's Rose Cider or Thatcher's Hayes Cider this is uh, like a Lee Clark, like Clark question, that. No, it's, it's As Aspel's. Uh, my, my, my missus swears by Aspel's cider. Aspel's cider. Are you a cider Aspel. drinker? I'm, I don't drink no, cider. No, that's yeah. that sweet. It's too sweet. I did my guts in with snake bites in uh, Felon back in the day, like so uh, I never <laughs> drank it again. So, now which bar was that in, Steve? The ship. Oh, the ship, all right, si. the, old, the old ship, when uh, the old ship, uh, great, great place. It's now, uh, it's now some kind of store. It's some kind aye. of general, it's now a general dealers. What a waste of a good bar that is! Like, it was aye, yeah, me, aye. Aye, aye, that, that was, aye, I know, I, I just on on the way up the wards, windy nook from from Hewath. Yeah, that's right, aye. that's right. Good aye. old, good, good old. I used to, I used to go there with stuff from um, Thomas Hepburn, the school. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye. Yeah, Aye. good old, good old days. Highfield, Highfield that was. Bars that are Aye. no longer with us. Uh, Steve Bruce didn't have faith in his players against Morgan, who were in League Two. Yep, you're, you're right. Uh, Mark Cooper says we want Benitez back. He's unhappy in China. He hasn't had a great run in China, but I would definitely take him back ahead of Steve Bruce. One hundred percent. If takeover happens, which players would you like to see come in? I mean, the world's your oyster on that kind of question, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm, I look back at sort of the Evening Chronicle back page headlines at the players that we've been linked with over the years and who, you know, obviously it was just, you know, paper talk. But I mean, you know, you remember sort of Socrates and players like that being linked, you know, um, you know, uh, oh, Italian players, French players, German players that we've been linked with over, over, over the years. And of course, you know, just to sell newspapers. But uh, there we go. Yeah, uh, I've got to be perfectly honest. It's uh, it, it'll just be nice to see the takeover go through and have that kind of concern and those kind of uh, worries, you know. I, I think I think that look, you know, the major concern from my perspective is, I mean, you would probably have to buy a new team, Steve. I mean, how many how many of the players currently at Newcastle on the books in the first team squad would be anything other than bit part players at most other clubs? Yeah, oh, you're right. 100%, mate. 100%. Graham Townsley says, don't see point in trying to get Bruce out. Got to think who would replace him. 
Many turned us down before Bruce came. Also, everyone aware the takeover in background and Poch rumoured to go to St. Petersburg. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're right. At the moment, it's pointless talking about Bruce going because, I mean, you know, he was 11th choice originally. And from, from our perspective, we'll struggle to get another manager, I would imagine, until a takeover goes through or doesn't go through. And we know that Mike Ashley's staying. That's when things might change. Yeah, I mean that, that's entirely right. I, I mean, you know, you might as well you might as might as well stick with them at the moment because, you know, who who else would want to come? Frankly, you know, I mean, it it just seems as though um, it's like just seen as a poison chalice. <laughs> Tom Lynch, that's a good one. He says it doesn't surprise me that Ian doesn't like Thatcher. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the only Thatchers I've ever had any time for were people actually work mending roofs with sheep, sheaves of corn, you know, but there we go. I love it. Um, why do you think, uh, what do you think of Sturridge going to Man City on a free? I didn't even know that had happened, Barry. No, no, I didn't know that either. News to me, mate, news to me, but um, if he has gone, um, they have got problems with strikers and obviously injuries, etc. So, you know, it, it, it isn't a it isn't a gamble for storage. I'm sure he's on a decent packet. Yeah, yeah. Liam says, would you take Allegri if the takeover happens? Uh, well, I must admit, I don't know an awful lot about him. Don't know an awful lot about him. That, that's that's a gap in, gap in my gap in my knowledge. Yep, Arsenal fans wanted Allegri before they got Arteta, says Liam. Uh, Keith Rowell says, I remember having a pint of cider in the ship in 1998. Pre-World Cup watching Gaza and Shira in a board draw with Saudi Arabia. Keith, believe it or not, I was actually in that night. I remember that <laughs> I remember that game and I was definitely there that night. Uh, Liam says, I've seen people suggest Eddie Howe, would he come in under Ashley? I think he would come to Newcastle. Um, I, don't think he'll get the, I don't think he'll get the opportunity. No, no. No. John Poole says, Tom Lynch, that was the outstanding quote of the show. Well done. Uh, that, that you wouldn't like Thatcher say that. Um, if we don't talk about Bruce Gowen, I get depressed very quickly, says Stu. <laughs> uh, Fungo Freddy says, if Bruce was to go, I'd snap Ashley's hands off at taking the reins because I'd get a payout of, of PIF within three or four months of the takeover as I'd, as I'd not be their man. Yeah, it's a good point. Malcolm McDonald made the point on the show a couple of weeks ago uh, about that, that, um, you know, I, I, I said, it would, have not, would it not be hard to get somebody to replace the Bruce? He went, nah, not in a million years, he says, because any football manager would take the job and would jump in. And, and he, he, more, he more or less made the same point. And it is, it is true that, you know, They've got their own man in mind, haven't they? Uh, but what if the what what if the takeover doesn't happen, Steve? That's the problem. And I and I, you know I, I I would love to see the back of me actually. But what if it doesn't happen? You know, uh, and and I I think that's 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 the problem. I mean, I mean, look, for us to have is it eight nine points now at this at this state of the season start of the season. I, yeah. I think it's probably beyond expectations of most that we have had it, you know, before this, before a ball was kicked. But the trouble is, I, I, I can actually see us having a long, hard winter. Like, I, I can see us having a long, hard winter. Yeah, Nicholas says, Vinny in the ship with the high laners. That's where I met you, me and Marty. Yes, Nicholas, I remember. Um, right, good, but, old, good old days. Do you remember the, the was a barber run the corner? Was it Mad Rays? They called him Mad Ray at the barber. Frank, it was like, frankly, the, frankly, the barber when I was a youngin. Yeah, all right, well, uh, there was a mad rear there, and I've gone back donkey's years, and I think all you could get was a number one, you know. So it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was that was probably in the days of the Smith brothers, which was slightly just before my time when I went in. Um, right. when I, when I started going there, but it was a cracking boozer, honestly, great bar, and um, you uh, know, a lot of ha I've got a lot of happy memories in there. Well, uh, I used to go doing the high street when I lived in the film, you see. So uh, I I used to go doing the halfway and then go down to Wee Chief and the, the the old fox and that, you know. The Wheat Chief's still there. The Wheat Chief's still there. My dad still gets in there. The Fox is still there. That used yeah, to be I was a talking great... to the landlady a couple of weeks ago. Used to be a great bar when Dave had the Fox. Uh, mm -hmm. But obviously the lads, the, you know, the, the, the lad who's got the Wheat Chief, he's, he's still managing to keep his keep his bar ticking over. But uh, yeah, I mean, God, the halfway house was a cracking place as well. There was Aye. lots of bars. I mean, it was probably the most amount of bars in one square mile. You know, Aye. you could, you could probably the bees wing and, and the turf bees, and uh, the mulberry. And the yeah. and the, uh, the the the, the, the mallard, yeah, nice, yeah. nice, 
Yeah, some good, some good old places. I, um, I only use them as points of reference to give people directions. That's all the way. Yeah, me, me, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Ronaldo says we might see a different Joe Linton if we have world class players around him. We can afford to have him standing around the pitch doing nothing. It sounds like you've been on a pub crawl with me and Ian. Uh, thinking Joe Linton's going to get any better. It's um, that slider, I think, mainly, but there you go. <laughs> he's got another. He's got another two games before I start giving me real opinion on Joe Linton again. I did Aye. see I'd give him ten games. Uh, Liam Aye. says if we got relegated, do you think we'd come straight back up? I honestly think we'd struggle. I'm not saying we'd do a Sunderland. Do you think we'd come straight back up with this uh, if we went down this time? Um, I, I don't think our squad looks as strong as it did when we got relegated on previous occasions. But having said that, um, I think that there look like there are other clubs who would go before us. And I think we might be saved by the weakness of other clubs. Yep. Um, if Aston Villa didn't sack Bruce, I think Villa would be in League One. Yep, good point. Frankie did have the barbers. Yes, Andy had the top bay horse too. Yes, Nicholas. Uh, Donald Bain says, does Steve Bruce have a football philosophy? I don't see it. No, I don't think he does. He certainly hasn't He certainly hasn't showed that in his time that he's been here. Does he know what philosophy is? Can he spell it? Doubt it. <laughs> Jason Carter says, what was the pub under the multi-storey car park in Gateshead? Talk about rough. The, the trough, yeah. That yeah, was a big uh, big set too with Chelsea fans in there many, many years Aye, ago. Many, many years ago. Aye, we used to call it, you, John heard a, a, a friend of mine who was no I longer with John. us. I John. Ah, well, John, John used to call it the bus stop, the trough, because I think yeah. he would go for a couple of beers before he got the bus back, back to Felon. <laughs> Good eyes. I mean, somebody's also asking uh, how many of those pubs um, you mentioned will survive second lockdown. Well, to be honest, most of the pubs we mentioned there have already gone. Um, Aye. Aye. That's that's the cry and shame. Um, I think the wheat chief will be fine because it's run by a, a, a you know it's a, a, big, a, a, big a Big Big brewery, long, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about the Fox. Um, I haven't been in there for a while, but uh, but yeah. yeah, I would imagine the Wheat Chief will be fine. But it's um, yeah, it's going to be tough, tough times for pubs and, and bars and and nightclubs. Nightclubs haven't but, been open since March. No, exactly. So I mean, when they make this announcement this week, which where we're expecting an announcement uh, on Monday, um, and which might lead to a lockdown Wednesday or Friday, we don't know. But it's just speculation. But they've got to announce some sort of support package for the for the for the for the industries which will be worse affected. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, ben would take Alan Pardew back at this point. Oh. Yeah, has been oh. mentioned by a few people. Mind um, saying that if you know if you could get a stopgap manager in, that he wouldn't be he wouldn't be a bad shout for for if it was for five or six months. Strange one. It's all about opinions. Eric Jarvis says um, uh, there was a barbers in Horden similar to that. Only ever used to go there. Number ones. Fortunately, I've been a skinhead since the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Liam saying, uh, talking of Gateshead, if we played them, I honestly think we'd we'd play for a nil-nil draw. Yeah, well, that's the way he sets up. That's the way he sets up. Uh, the trough was your tale for the Chelsea Pugget. Yep, Nicholas. Yeah, it's a, it's a well-known story. It's in there. It's in the book I wrote about the NME, uh, the NME from the Bender squad to the Gremlins. You can buy that in WH Smiths if anybody wants to buy it for Christmas. <laughs> uh, John John Norton says, have I spoken to Amanda lately and any chance they'll do the takeover with PIF? I've spoken to both sides. I speak to them every week. And um, from my perspective, you know, the takeover will still go through as long as the Premier League allow it. Um, and yes, PIF are still at the table as far as I'm concerned. And until we see some kind of interview with Amanda and Mia Dad and, and whoever else saying that mm -hmm. it's off, then take it for granted that there, there are things going on in the background. Uh, Mark says, I don't know how he passed these coaching badges, more like brownie badges, talking about Steve Bruce. Aye. Uh, Jason, the Trafalgar, yes, thanks. Alas, asked me to punch her in the face in there so she could blame her boyfriend. I politely declined. <laughs> I hope that's not why you moved to Germany, Jason. Um, Andrew Ward says, Steve Bruce does not have any idea what he is doing at Newcastle United. So, stack, so sack Steve Bruce. So that's quite a statement. I'll get off the fence, Andrew, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Rowe says, I once drank a pint of snake bite at an Oasis gig at Newcastle Arena in 1997. It was a big mistake. Aye, snakey. Aye, it's not good for you, like. Here's <laughs> another bar that's long gone, the Adelphi. Um, I Lady, Grace. The Adelphi. Lady, Lady Grace as is now, aye. It's all right in there. I've been in there. Well, after it's, the it's okay, but I, it's not the Adelphi, is it? 
to be honest, it seems to be a, a popular haunt for some of the uh, current Newcastle players. They tend to go in there late on, about up past eight, nine o'clock on a three o'clock. Ah, they're, they're going to meet the theatrical types, don't they? Uh, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. Um, Liam, Liam says, if the Premier League goes to court, how long will the case take? I mean, I think that's the bonus of these fans going for this legal action. It, it's it's going to get fast-tracked. It, it could all be done within the next six, six, seven weeks, I think. And that's where I think there was a big rumour flying around about this could possibly all be resolved by December. Um, yeah. Either way. So that that's probably where that came from. But because it's two supporters doing this, as opposed to Mike Ashley doing it, it can bypass all this delay. And, um, you know, that that's, you know, that's probably how long it's going to take. Could all be, you know, resolved either way by December. Right. Well, let's, let's hope you're right, Steve. I mean, otherwise, uh, you know, the, uh, how long is the legal t case going to take? How long is a bit of string is the answer, really? You know, it's uh, on Sunderland at 2-0. Who's, who's, who's this? Telling us, you know. Yeah, they're away to Jill. I'm just double-checking. Uh, Maguire and Gooch have scored... Uh, yeah, it's nearly all up, which has ended. Sunderland have won 2-0. Oh, um, so picked up, but there's a bad start the weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're picked up. They've had two dodgy results. Um, but if everybody keeps winning above them, they're back in the playoffs again. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, question, let's bin the famous managers, a team of coaches together, making pitch side decisions. Okay, Liam says, I believe Southampton's takeover went to court, but I think it took nine months yet. But that wasn't fans. Um, that wasn't fans who were leading that. Chris Cooper says, Steve, can I just see your podcast the best out there and please read this out? Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I, I saw you put that last night and I didn't read it out. Apologies. But thank you for thank you for that, mate. It's nice to get uh, some positive feedback. Uh, Nicholas, never pour water on anyone after midnight in the Adelphi. Because <laughs> of the Gremlins. Yeah, I get it, mate. I get it. Aye, aye. Uh, Sunderland, who are they? I've never heard of them, says Mark Cooper. Um, I'm Ronaldo says we gave Murphy a second chance. What's wrong with giving players like Arendt and that French bloke a second crack? It's all down to the manager, isn't it? It's all down to the head coach. Yeah, I mean, I mean, currently they're not in the twenty-five. The other, you know, and that's the, that's the, is that, is Henry Saivet uh, they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, obviously tomorrow we have uh, Newcastle United will be taking on Everton. Uh, it's a home game. Not that that really particularly matters these days. Uh, no. It's a two two p.m. kickoff. It's live on Sky Sports, not pay per view. Hurrah! Uh, Hurrah. But Exactly. Uh, Newcastle are obviously still missing John Joe Shelby, Martin Dubravka, Dwight Gale and Matt Ritchie. And there is also doubts over Jamal Lascelles for tomorrow's game. Isaac Hayden is available. Uh, Matty Longstaff, Paul Dummett and Kieran Clark, who all played in the reserves this week, are all available for selection. As for Everton, uh, the Everton boss, Carlo Ancelotti, in his press conference confirmed that James Rodriguez is going to miss tomorrow's game. He's obviously scored three uh, three times so far since making his debut for Everton. Uh, Lucas Digna is also unavailable. He was sent off at Southampton on Sunday. And the good news really for Newcastle is Richarlison is also missing tomorrow's game following his red card against Liverpool. Um, and the stats, I think, say that uh, when Richarlison usually plays against Newcastle, Newcastle get beat. So that is a blessing in disguise. Seamus Coleman and Jean-Philippe Gabanman are both sidelined as well. The referee tomorrow is Stuart Atwell. Uh, this is the second uh, game in charge uh, of Newcastle games. He uh, following on from the away wins at West Ham and Sheffield United last season. Uh, and we also have uh, Craig Porson on the VE. VAR. So, Ian, Newcastle versus Everton. Uh, how do you see it going, mate? Uh, last season, we lost 2-1, if you remember. Shaw got the goal for Newcastle. Um, what, what's your take on tomorrow's game? Um, well, 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 with that string of injuries and, and, and missing players, um, I think that Jaimas Rodriguez being missing, it, 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 he's, the, he's the main supply line for the centre-forward, so that might be a real bonus from our perspective. Particularly also, I think Rich Allison. Um, is it is is it is it is it? I think not only a good player, but he's a tough player as well. He's a real handful. So I think that's good. But the trouble is, you see, from Newcastle perspective, where we're going to get goals from, and you know, um, we've got to be providing the, the front the front players with many many more chances. You know, it, it, our our shots to goals record is is very good, but that's because we have so few shots. We just need to actually start a you know buy a ticket in the raffle, take a, take a chance, you know, try and try and score some goals, because I think 
there's goals in Everton's side. So, you know, from that perspective, we've we've actually got to have the capability to score goals. And and I hope we're not going to be setting up for a nil-nil draw in a home game. I know that I know that the, the, the whole dynamics of the home away thing has changed because of the lack of crowds, but you know, I just hope hope against hope we're not going to set up for a nil-nil draw. Well, he's been def- he's been defending, playing five at the back, and um, you know we'll wait to see what happens uh, w- with with his selection prediction for tomorrow, mate. Scoreline prediction. Um, well, I'm I'm going to be optimistic and say nil nil. God, I hope not. <laughs> painful, painful, painful. Ian, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on, mate. Great to have you back, and uh, look forward to getting you on uh, probably in the next seven days. Have a good week, mate, and keep fighting the good fight. Take care, mate. My pleasure, Steve. You take care. Take, take care, everybody. Look after yourselves. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.